Hey there, this is Meg. I'm your host, and you are listening to Mental Status, a podcast about burnout for people in the mental health profession. Quick disclaimer, because you know that stuff is important these days. Uh, Mental Status is a podcast about burnout in the mental health field. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. This is not therapy, and this is not clinical supervision. There are no CEUs associated with this podcast. Enjoy it and share it as you will. And if you're in a space where you're needing deeper support, please seek out therapy or supervision for yourself from somebody who is qualified to provide those services for you. All right, welcome back everybody to Mental Status. My name is Meg and I'm your host. This is a show about burnout for mental health professionals. And I'm joined by a super special guest today and I would like to let her introduce herself. So special guest, who are you? Where are you? And how are you doing today? I don't know who I am. (laughs) Where I am? (laughs) Meg, thank you for having me on your show. My name is Jacqueline Hurst and I'm a coach in London in the UK. And um, that's what I am. Well, it's not who I am, but it's what I do. And um, yeah, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm um, chatting to you from today. Perfect. Yeah. And how are you today? It's very it's so nice when people say that. And actually, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? When I think the more conscious and aware we are as people and we ask the question, we really want to know the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many people out there that are like, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. And it's like such a thing, isn't it, to say to Mm -hmm. each other. But I wonder what would happen if we like stopped and we genuinely took the time to understand that about each other. I think we'd probably be living in a very different space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am doing very well, thank you. I'm very calm, very balanced and very peaceful, which is um, a real gift. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I do notice that. And I think that's kind of a, that's a thing that a lot of folks do tend to comment on is the, when somebody asks, how are you? It it, it can often be implied that they don't want to know the real answer. Um, so it is nice when we can stop and, and really think about that and reply with honesty. Yeah. And it's funny because on this side of the pond, you know, back in the day, we used to laugh where we'd go over to the States and people would say, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Have a great day. And it's like, but no one really like cared so much. It was just a thing that you'd say, mm-hmm. except if you come over to England, you know, and, and someone says, hi, you know, have a, have a nice day. Enjoy yourself. Like they didn't really carry the, this side, you know, there's like all of these little comments that we've got with each mm-hmm. other or to say, or to say, and it's like a, a figure of speech is the words I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, have a nice day. But do people really care if you have a nice day? You know, like right, is, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Other than folks who maybe you know really well, or family, friends, colleagues, um, but yeah, in passing, it, it's a it's a nicety um, yeah. figure of speech. But yeah, it is it's something curious to think about, and I, I think it lines up well too with this idea of burnout. Um, particularly burnout with mental health professionals, but really helping professionals in general. Um, One of the things that I have noticed in my career, and I don't know if you've noticed this as a coach, um, is that a lot of the time when somebody works in a helping profession or a healing profession, there can be almost this sense of shame 
around not being okay and admitting that. Um, and, you know, it, as we talked about before we started recording, you know, I'm a, a therapist who specializes in working with burnt out therapists. And that's a real thing. There's a lot of shame attached to not being okay. So, I mean, I'm just curious if you encounter that as well in your line of work. I think when I started my business like a hundred years ago, it was very important to me about being authentic. Mm-hmm. And it was very important to me that if I was going to, um, you know, I'll give you the story of how I got here soon, but it was very important if I was going to reach out and try to help people help themselves, I need to make it really clear that, you know, I too live a life where life throws things at me, right? The only difference is I've learned how to use my brain enough to know that I can handle any storm that comes my way. I know how to mentally handle that and then turn and in turn manage my feelings better. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm immune to life throwing its stuff at me. Right. And I think that was a really important message and continues to be an important message um, in my work. And especially with my private clients, you know, all my students from the school, I'm very happy to talk about, you know, this is happening for me privately and this thing is going on and this is what I'm thinking and in turn feeling about it. And being honest about that, I think is important um, so that it doesn't feel so pressurizing. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer of consistently talking about how life is not perfect and social media, you know, sometimes it really makes me giggle of like, you know, I see these people that look like these they have these perfect lives that other people are, oh my God, that person's amazing. And da, da, da. And, and yeah, I see them in my office, for example, and you think, wow, it's so not what's really happening. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a huge pressure on therapists and coaches to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also our responsibility to be honest as we go. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So as this is a show about burnout, and um, as I do with many of my guests, I, I like to get a picture of what your experience has been with burnout. Um, you know, what has it been like for you? What types of experiences have you had with being burnt out? And how did you work through those experiences when you were having them? Gosh, I think my my life has been a story of it, really, like many of us, you know, and it started off for me uh, with addiction and I got into addiction to drugs and alcohol, food issues, anorexia, depression, blah, blah, blah. But I got into drugs when I was 15 mm-hmm. and I was um, into that for 10 years until I was 25. And I hit my, you know, burnout moment at 25 August the 27th, 2003. And it was a real moment of like, I just can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. It had been a real journey for me. So that would probably be the first burnout moment I really went through where I just couldn't keep hurting myself because I couldn't cope with my feelings. Mm -hmm. So that was probably burnout number one. I think burnout number two was... um, when I started to build my business, uh, when I was like a year later, two years later, 26, 27, and I was building it to a point where I burnt out. And I remember going to this spa in Spain and I got there and I like put my head on the pillow 
to sleep in the evening. And then I just remember being woken up by this banging on the door. And this guy was like, I'm the general manager. And I just wanted to check you're okay. And I'm like, what, is this how you normally wake up your clients in the spa? <laughs> and they were like, you've been sleeping for like 14 hours and we can't, like we, you had a massage. I mean, no one could get hold of you. I was like, what am I doing to myself that's making my body want to take 14 hours of sleep? Like what's going on? So that was probably burnout number two. Mm -hmm. um, which was a powerful lesson. And then I would say burnout number three was probably from um, a divorce that I went through that was particularly painful. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, burnout number three. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I am a believer, Meg, of like these massive things that happen in our life are things we you know, can really, really grow from in a kind and gentle way. Um, and it isn't all bad, you know, like it's that saying, isn't it? A breakdown to break through. Maybe it's like, maybe we should change it for this podcast to like burn out to break through, you know? Yeah. And I think what's beautiful and where I feel very lucky is that I had these burnout moments and I chose to change. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, feel bad about the burnout, feel guilty for it. We beat ourselves up about it, which is never the answer to anything. And then we have so much fear to change that we can repeat the pattern. Right. So it's a beautiful space to grow from. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and I think that in my work with other therapists and in, you know, recording this show and having the social space that I, that I occupy, right. Like talking about burnout and the, the role of work in our lives specifically. Um, I see a particular trend among helping professionals, and this includes coaches, this idea that to, to admit that something is not going well, to admit that we're suffering or that we're feeling badly or specifically that the work that we do burns us out and that the demands of the work burns us out that creates a sense of like there must be something wrong with me there must be something that I am doing wrong to not always deeply love and feel energized by this work right um, and I see a lot of people who really struggle with this idea of like I, I need to keep going. I need to keep pushing. There are people who do depend on me for care, for, um, for their own healing, almost to the point of, you know, say me, the, the burnt out healthcare professional feeling like I cannot take that break because other people depend on me. Um, and that's really, yeah, I found it for myself. I found it for people I've worked with. It's a really big hill to climb to get to the point where you can say, I'm also human and worthy of being taken care of the way that I take care of other people. Um, and it's, it's, once you get there, it's a really beautiful place. And I think that's what I hear what you're talking about is that breakthrough moment of like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I can, I can take care of myself and I can be um, brought back to a place of rejuvenation, but getting over that hill for some folks, that's the real tough part. Um, I'm curious in any of your burnout journeys, was that a part of it for you where you, you felt stuck in the role and having to 
basically feeling like you had to stick around for other people and not take care of yourself. I've always done work that is very much about teaching people how to step into emotional adulthood. Mm. So I was always very clear about what's mine and what's yours, mm. right? So I never wanted to feel like I was mummying someone or holding their hands and taking on, you know, all their stuff. Mm-hmm. I was more the role of like trying to teach. Mm-hmm. And I think that was quite helpful in the beginning because, you know, I don't know how you would do that work without boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Mm -hmm. I think where I went wrong was, you know, building a business in quotes, right? Like, you know, it was all about working hard to build a business. And, you know, when I started this work, you know, there was no such thing. Like people didn't know what a life coach was in London. They were like, what do you, what do you mean mental health? Right? Like what? They all thought I was a bit crazy. Um, so I, I thought that I had something to prove that. And mm-hmm. it was a real journey through that space of like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, not just to build my business, but to try to change people's attitudes around talking about how you feel. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm English, right? We're used to the stiff upper lip, you know, <laughs> and everything is fine. Thank you. Um, so there was loads of, you know, obstacles to push through, but I, I loved the challenge of it. And I had to find the balance for me, not necessarily about the responsibility of my clients. It was more about the responsibility of myself creating a business and that I couldn't do it all in one day Mm -hmm. and that I had to, you know, have my breakfast. Right. And these were like, yeah, like the self-care tips around that was very important for me. And how can I help anyone if I can't help myself? How could I tell people what to do or how to or teach them things that I wasn't doing myself like that just wasn't going to sit with me mm-hmm. but um you know it was very much and has been a journey of and you know it changes all the time right so I've been doing this such a long time now and in in the beginning of 2022 I made a decision of like I'm going to slow down a little bit right and I'm and and it's been a process of that like it didn't just happen overnight but it was a process of like I'm choosing to slow down and doing the work on myself around allowing myself to do that was really important of why was it so what 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 was the patterns in my brain and the beliefs in my brain about why that was wrong and I really had to unravel all of that and look at it and what were the you know what were the things I'd learned from my parents and my parents parents about you know working hard blah 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 like it was an, an, and on top of that, so you've got that journey. And the other journey is learning to completely sit with yourself and to give yourself that space and to be okay in the space, right? Yeah. So there's so much to learn, but Absolutely. it's, yeah, it's, it's a great journey and it's important. It is important. Yes. And I, I like that you mentioned sitting with yourself in that space, um, I found for myself as I've tried to slow down and not fill my time and my schedule with all variety of things, work or otherwise, that that space can be really wonderful to sit in. And at times it can create a sense of discomfort um, because there's other stuff there that then needs to come out when there's nothing to fill that space. So I'm curious for you, what is it that you've found in those spaces that you've been able to sit with and really process through as you've slowed down? 
So like in the beginning of this year, I went through a breakup and it was painful and it was confusing, but it was also one of the most beautiful things that could have happened because I took myself into therapy, which I've done since I was 25, but I went in an, in an intense way mm-hmm. and I gave myself the space to sit with the feelings. And I remember saying to my own therapist, like, am I allowed to swear on this Meg, by the way? Cause I'm, oh, yeah, I'm quite totally. a swear. I'm being, I'm being quite good here, but yes. you know, I remember saying to him like, what the fuck? Like, how <laughs> am I meant to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Jack, you're meant to do it by doing it. You're meant to be feeling the feelings, right? On a whole nother level, right? Mm-hmm. And it was such an uncomfortable space, but also, you know, a beautiful space. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? You can look back and go, ah. And I'm a big believer, Meg, of the universe. And that it, there's no surprise that, you know, I wanted to start slowing down sort of, I would say maybe even 21 into 22 and then having all the space, like, and the universe is like, okay, you're ready now to deal with your core issue, right? <laughs> and feel the feelings. And so I really appreciate having that space to do that. And now I've gone through that process, which has been amazing and healed and come out the other side of it. When I have space now, I literally do things I like to do. Like maybe I'm trying to, I'm learning like calligraphy and I like to go horse riding. And I like to paint a little bit. I'm not very good at it, but I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Or I like to just walk my dog a little bit. And to be comfortable in the space of, again, it, for me, it was very much about allowing myself to do that. And that voice in my head, like, yeah, but you should be working. Yeah, but you should, you know, it's like, no, I, I shouldn't actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's that idea that um, we don't, we don't need to fill our time with tasks that are quote unquote productive or working towards some, um, some business goal. Like we can actually just walk the dog and have that be it. And that's fine. And there's no, no greater meaning than enjoying taking the dog for a walk or enjoying the painting. Yeah. It's so important to be present in that space, isn't it? Of just, you know, And it's that thing, isn't it? We live in this society, you know, I think, again, all of this stuff I'm talking about today, this is all my opinion. Other people will have different opinions. That's cool. But Mm -hmm. my opinion is I'm brought up in a society where I'm constantly told, like, I've got to work harder. I've got to be more. I've got to do this. I've got to achieve that. I should, you know, I should be driving a Ferrari, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I haven't made it unless I have. And I think, that's also important work to like unpack the stuff of like culture and society to say, well, is that really what I want? You know? And I think a lot of the time we can unpack it and go, well, actually, no, I mean, I don't want to sacrifice myself to that space to have a Ferrari. Like, no, thank you. It's not that important to me, you know, and, and unpacking what we've learned is so important. You know, like a lot of the time, other people's scarcity is thrown onto us, but we don't have to take that on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my view on it. But I think it's about taking responsibility for ourselves and being willing to sit in that space, no matter what comes up and choosing to explore that stuff rather than, you know, judge ourselves and beat ourselves up. I definitely think as well that, sometimes work is a 
you know, is a form of an addiction. Like it's so easy, isn't it? Just to go to work and not look at our stuff, right? (laughs) Just so easy. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say for myself, I, um, I got into recovery or got sober in 20, goodness, what was it? 2016, 2016. Um, yeah. And it, it was a really wonderful time. Another one of those breakthrough times in my life where suddenly I had all of this energy to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, all the things that I said I wanted to do when I was drinking alcohol, but just didn't end up doing because of course, um, but I found <laughs> exactly. Yes. I would go home and, you know, say, I'm going to write something tonight and be really creative right. and pour myself some wine and it was over. So, um, but after that point, after I quit drinking and really started working on myself, all this energy started surging around work and success and being very productive. And for a time it was really, it was wonderful for me, but it, it did seem to take the place a bit of that drinking that I was doing, right? Like this was the thing where I was starting to get my sense of fulfillment, not necessarily in the other parts of my life. I mean, I had a social life and a dating life and all these other things, but I really focused in on, you know, going back to school and being in school and working full time at the same time, and just really pushing toward this, like more and more success. Um, to this point where like this whole podcast was produced because I reached a point of like, I am so deeply enmeshed with my work, almost like an addiction. Like I feel like I am burning out because I cannot pull away from this. Um, so I like that you bring that up because it's, it's very real for some people. It feels like we cannot stop until we, until we go through one of those processes of like really really taking a hard look at ourselves and the things that we do to sustain these addictive behaviors and work and actually addressing them at the root of the issue rather than, I don't know, taking a spa day and calling it good. Right. And being okay on that spa day to like actually enjoy yourself. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I think especially as I get older, like, you know, I really appreciate time. Time is such a gift. It's priceless, right? You just, mm-hmm. it's a gift. So you know, if we can appreciate that and, and fill it with things that we want to do, it's a very beautiful place to live from. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier, um, people's people throwing their scarcity at you and having that be in your space and, and not having to take that. Um, I'm curious what what types of scarcities do other people bring up that we should really try to be mindful of and try to recognize when it's happening? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I think there's lots of things. Like if you've got colleagues in the fields that you're in and you chat to them and they're like, oh my God, it's really quiet right now. How is it for you? And, you know, you can get into that. Like, oh my God, it's quiet for them. Will it be quiet for, you know, like, all this stuff we have to be mindful of, like, just because it's quiet for that person, it might not necessarily mean that it's quiet for you. Mm-hmm. Or when it is quiet in your business, like maybe it's about thinking this is great. Like if the universe has opened up and given me some space, I wonder why, right? Like, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, I definitely got brought up with parents that were, you know, big on working hard and, 
you know, they used to be like, how many clients you got today? And I was like, you guys need to back off, right? Like, (laughs) I love you very much. I know you mean well, but that is not how I run my business or my life. Like, just no, you know, so like boundaries are very, very important, very important. Because as you said, like, you know, you can be getting to the space where you're doing it so much, so much, so much, so much, so much that you've, you've lost yourself. And that's, and that might not be about you, which is why the unraveling and the unpacking about why is really important, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And so in your business, um, is this something that you tend to see a lot with the, the clients that come through your doors? Like, this um almost addictive behavior in the workplace or burnout or having to climb these types of mountains to get to the other side yeah definitely i see a lot of this and i see a lot of people that are like on this sort of hamster wheel and they're just not happy or they're making you know millions and they're just not you know and it's never enough right mm-hmm. you know there's things like this that go on all the time and i i often think about that with people that you know we look up to as a society of these people that are, you know, have supposedly made it. And it's like, but have they, mm-hmm. you know, like how do we classify them in quotes, making it, you know, is it mm-hmm. making it for you? I don't know. Is it because of the, the things they have? Is that making it like, really? I don't know. Like, again, it's, I think a lot of people, as I said, use work as a form of an addiction and they don't even think that they are right. Like it's just work. But it's not because you take it away. Like how many people do you know that if you said to them, right, you haven't got a job tomorrow, that's it. Like meltdown central, right? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, who am I? Like, Mm -hmm. that's why I think this work is so important because when we know who we are without a job title, I think we're very lucky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But burnout is definitely also another thing I see where people just literally slam themselves into a wall from it and you know and it's a lot and I think therapists we have it you know a little bit harder in that way that like you said you know then you can't admit you've had burnout and then you feel bad about it and on and on it goes and there's a lot of pressure but you know I think as I said in the beginning it's about being keeping it real with people all the time like you know I'm a therapist and I also have a life where things don't always go perfectly to plan you know and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah you know Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned the identity piece as well. Um, I I think that would apply to many different industries and sectors, um, but particularly with therapists and healing professionals, medical professionals, there is a sense of like you are, you are what you do. And even written into some of the, some of the ethics codes, right? Like, because you're in these professions, there is a way in which that you need to present yourself outside of your work in order to um, appropriately represent the field. Um, And that can feel, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, um, at times a little constricting because it can take away that sense of identity, right? Like, well, if I am representing the field, I want to do that well. I I don't want to go out and give therapists that name. That's not my goal. Um, but at what point do I actually get to go out and just live my life as a normal human being without my job title attached, without being fearful of my actions? Say uh, one of the one of the big debates that I heard about in grad school a lot was, 
can you go out to the bar, for example? Of course, I would not. But in general, can you go out to the bar and go drinking with your family if there's a, a chance that a client will show up? And if a client does show up, what do you do then? It, it, it's probably on you to leave. You got to leave that bar. You have to go somewhere else. And I can see it. I can see it in both ways where that could be the ethical thing to do and where that would feel like it's encroaching on your personal life, being able to live your life as a human being outside of your work. So I don't know that there are any simple answers to that, um, but I do think it's really important for us to consider how wrapped up is our job title in our sense of self and the identity that we hold as people. Yeah, it's a tricky question, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. a very tricky question. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? Are you out for an evening because you just want to have fun with your family and that's what healthy people do? Or are you sitting at a bar, you know, getting totally smashed because you mm -hmm. can't handle your day, right? It's like, but again, you put that in a space with the client sitting opposite you or in the same, same restaurant, that's a very tricky one. Mm -hmm. um, and it depends on the client and it depends on you right exactly. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah interesting yeah there's so many different considerations to make for for many fields um but of course for therapists those are the types of things that you know yeah i just see people getting a little caught up on and how do yeah. i live my life given it's the work that yeah I do. it's tricky it's like social media i think that's i think that's how i reached out to you in the first place you put some great post up about being a therapist and like having to post because it's social media. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get it. Like, <laughs> you know, I always say to people, like, if I didn't, if I wasn't running my business and wanted, you know, it's maybe it's not so fair to say if I wasn't running my business because I like to um, post things that I think might help people. So maybe I would be doing it anyway. But I think as my business is active, there is definitely a pressure to keep doing it that, mm -hmm. you know, I never signed up for and neither did most of us, right? Like, mm, hang on. And it's funny because I definitely know some therapists that like aren't on social media at all and it's fine. They're cool. Mm -hmm. And then I know therapists that are like on social media all day long, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's a whole thing, isn't it? Social media, it's an animal in and of itself that constantly needs to be fed. Yeah. And I think, I think that's an interesting topic as a therapist or a coach of handling that as well, because all of that stuff adds into burnout and are we taking responsibility for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social media has more and more become uh, a professional uh, focus for me. Um, my personal history with it is much longer. Obviously, most of us, we have a longer personal history with it you know, Facebook having come out in what, like 2004, 2005, Twitter, Instagram, all these things. It's been so well integrated into our lives that it's really difficult to imagine them not being there. Um, and this, what, what I find interesting is the blending of business and personal in the same spaces where, you know, say on Instagram, we can see a picture of our friends. And then the next picture is, you know, somebody selling us something or somebody promoting like their best business life, their super successful entrepreneur. And then we see a photo of a cat. And then the next one is an advertisement. It's, it's a very odd space to be. And 
I can empathize with therapists who are like very caught up in the loop of feeling like they have to be posting and scrolling and engaging all of the time. Um, because it's very, it's very catching. It's enticing. And it evokes a lot of, it evokes a lot of insecurity, I think, for a lot of people to not be engaging in that way. You know, other than the folks who are just not on it at all, there's a sense that you just have to keep going. And it's I agree with that. I agree with the sense of having to keep going. Like if we don't post for a week, it's like what? You know, and then obviously if you build a community on social media, people want to do that with you. They want to talk and they want, you know, or they have a question. And so yeah, it's the whole thing. But I think again, like boundaries around that, it's really important. And some days, you know, like I think today's Monday. I think the last time I posted was Thursday or Friday. And there are definitely times where I'm like, I'm just not doing this today, right? Like, and that's okay, Mm -hmm. you know? So I try not to leave it more than like four or five days, but usually by then I've shifted out of it and I'm like, okay, you know, I love this quote. I'm going to put that up, but being okay with not doing it, you know, morning and evening. And like, I just not going to buy into that. I'm just Mm -hmm. not, that's Mm -hmm. it, right? It's a boundary. Yeah, absolutely. And especially as... Yeah, the pressure is big. And especially as your following grows, you know, we we can tell ourselves well, the follower count does not matter. The the likes don't matter, comments, all that stuff. But they've built it in such a way where it really feels meaningful to have those numbers and have those engagements. And it takes a lot to be able to sit with yourself and say, okay, I have X number of followers. It's growing. People are enjoying my content. Uh, they're engaging with it. I can ch- I can choose how to engage. I don't have to reply to all 100 comments. That would take me two hours of my time. And like you said earlier, time is really precious. You know, I, I, I I'm not charging an hourly rate to respond to Instagram comments. Right. It's okay if I do not. It's okay if I choose to step back and say I'm really glad that these people are here and enjoying it, but. I have other things that I need to do with my time and I will respond as I'm able. Um, and I think one of the things I did was I took off the um, ability to see how many likes you have on your photographs. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great thing for me to do mm-hmm. because I, I was like, okay, this picture's got this and that picture's got, and again, I'd always look at it. Maybe I was quite lucky. I never looked at it as a personal thing. I looked at it as a business thing, like mm-hmm. eh, on a business that meant to be good and this and that. And actually what I found from that was turning off the likes was powerful for me. Like I stopped giving a shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's that then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't care how many likes this picture's got, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care how many likes your picture of your cat's got. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's about taking control of this stuff as much as we can for our mental health. Mm-hmm. you know and that's our responsibility mm-hmm. to do and if we don't want to respond to 100 comments we don't have to no <laughs> isn't that nice today it right? is very nice very very nice and yeah. it's actually been recently with my followers that um I've I've made a whole sort of uh, I made a whole post about it like I've got new boundaries for myself around social media you know, I'm, I'm not providing any type of therapeutic work or coaching services in my direct messages. It's just not happening. Right. I have links that you can click if you want that. Um, and yeah, like I, 
I post when I want to. Um, and just even stating that plainly for folks, it's interesting how it tends to work. And I don't know if you see this too, when somebody says, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just not going to comment or interact unless I'm really feeling like this is a space that I want to be in. Other people start to say, oh, well, you can do that. I can, I can do that too. Like I can actually, this, this person isn't posting every day. I don't have to post every day and taking that back into their hands and saying, it's actually okay for me to interact in the way that I want to, instead of the way everybody else says I should. Which is like, you know, it's a great concept, isn't it? On social media and then outwards in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I can just do what works for me, not what everyone else thinks I should do. You know, like I went into after coronavirus, I got rid of my office and I went fully on Zoom. A lot of my clients were America and stuff anyway, so they would do Zoom. But a lot of my clients were like, oh, I only want to do face to face. I only want to do face to face. Coronavirus came in. And so they had to do Zoom and they loved it. And I was like, OK, now I'm just doing Zoom and that's that. And that's my choice. Right. So if people are like, oh, do you do face to face? And I say, no, I just do Zoom what they do with that I can't control because I just do zoom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yep. so these things of like just because everyone else is it doesn't mean we have to it's such a relief isn't it mm -hmm. it's like oh it's like all of this is just a path to the unraveling back to ourselves right mm -hmm. letting go of what other people think yeah it's a it's been a process but a really I'd say for me, a really positive one in coming back to myself and, you know, being able to take into consideration any implications for my business, were I to stay virtual, go in office, change my fees, change my hours, you know, kind of consider, okay, what, what could this do to my business? And is, is that something that I'm okay with? Yes. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to do that. Um, I'm, I'm going to change my availability and my fees because that's what I need to do for me to run a sustainable business. And the folks who wish to work with me in that manner will. And the folks who that doesn't line up with, that's okay. Like they, there are so many other providers, so many other spaces for them to find help and healing and, and therapy that they will find the person who best matches them and that makes me actually very happy for them if it's not me I really believe that the more we do that the more it becomes like more and more sacred of like the right people come like mm -hmm. I really believe that like that the universe sort of you know when we put out there that we have self-worth that we value ourselves that we believe in the way the world, you know, and the universe works and we're gonna do the right things by us that we get sort of gifted back. And it's like, okay, you know your worth, here's a client, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Okay, you know your worth, here's a great restaurant for you to try that you just happen to stumble on, right? Like <laughs> good things happen from those spaces. And when we aren't valuing ourselves, you know, those things just get complicated. It just gets complicated. It, it's always about self-worth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
I, I do appreciate that you bring that up. And you mentioned earlier, like the scarcity mindset of, oh, what if they say their business is quiet right now? What about mine? Or if mine is quiet right now, what does that mean? Um, you know, I don't know quite how it works within your field, but especially in the summer for therapy, there's a term, we call it the summer slump, right? Like people generally feel better in the summer and they, they don't either need or wish to engage in therapy as much. So many people see this sort of like their caseload gets smaller. People come less frequently. And that has happened to me. I mean, for part of it is like, I feel really good because there's probably a lot of therapists who are having a chance to take a break. They are getting some space. They don't need quite as much support because they're not as burnt out. It's fantastic. Um, but if I approach that and approach my business from the space of, oh my gosh, everybody's leaving. Nobody likes me. I'm a bad business owner. Nobody cares about my business anymore. It creates such a sense of constriction. And I've really tried to focus on, okay, so I'm having some spots open up in my schedule. There is some breathing room, which I've actually been asking for, for quite some time. So it's been given to me. What can I, yes. So it's here. And of course I don't like it. So um, <laughs> what can I do with that then? How can I appreciate the space and appreciate what is happening right now instead of just thinking like, oh, everything's going to fall apart? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's very important. But also I feel, I mean, I don't know if I'm going off topic here. Um, you can always hit carts if you want to. <laughs> but I think um, there's also that thing about, and it's an energy thing. So you know, if people feel scared about losing clients or, oh my God, they're not coming enough. I feel that the client will feel that, right? Like that grabby energy that's so icky, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know certainly as I've gone through therapy through the years, like I could definitely feel when people were doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we can be, you know, way calmer about it being how it's meant to be, you know, we do the work and it will come and believe in that then the energy is totally different with our clients, totally mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And it keeps people coming back from authentic in that space rather than, oh my God, I need them to come in more because otherwise my business is quiet. You know, like people pick mm -hmm. up on that stuff. Oh, they do. Yeah. 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 Um, I think my clients, most clients, if not all are very perceptive um, as our therapists, as are most people, right? Like we can, we can get a sense generally speaking, of how the people are around us. Mm -hmm. um, we can pick up on some of those more subtle hints or perhaps the things that they say directly or indirectly that indicate to us this person is feeling insecure or is worried about something. Um, you know, of course, for, for some people, it may be a little bit more difficult to pick up on that. But in general, when you're coming from that space, and, and this is something, of course, I learned in grad school and in my earlier jobs, clients will be able to tell. <laughs> we, we think that we are very good at hiding ourselves behind the, um, the mask of professionalism, but most of us, can't say all, but most of us, we have some giveaways and that's okay because we're just humans in relationship with other humans. Um, and yeah, learning again, to turn towards yourself inward, recognize what's happening, giving yourself some grace saying, okay, things are quiet. Um, 
how do I want to use this time? Do I want to spend this time feeling very sorry? And I mean, I, I will say for myself, I have a very anxious side. And so I can engage in that pretty quickly if I want to, or do I want to take a breath and focus on my writing or focus on my marketing or focus on tightening up my policies for when, when things get busy again. So there's a lot that you can do with that space. Um, Also, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like, you know, we have this sort of thought process of like, it's always meant to be busy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. when you said earlier, like, oh, you've gone through your stuff and it's been a process. Well, it's meant to be a process. Mm-hmm. It's meant to go up and down. It's meant to be quiet and busy. Like this is life. This is how it's meant to be. But we have this thing of like A to B, it should be one straight line going up. Like yeah. that's not life. Yeah. You know, going with the flow of it is much more fun, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is, much yeah. And it's acknowledging that life itself has its cycles and its ebbs and flows. Um, there's a book that my business coach gifted to me called um, Proposals for a Feminist Economy. And part of that feminist economy is acknowledging the ebbs and the flows of business and growth and not like decline, but just like the leveling off and then growth and then maybe going up and down. And I like that. You know, things things change all the time. I could be incredibly busy in a month. I have no idea, but it will change. Exactly, exactly. So it's just being open to it, isn't it? Open to the flow. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so nice. Yeah. All right, so it looks like we're almost at the end of our time, but I usually like to ask my guests at the end of the show if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with, um, anything to think about or a piece of advice that you would want them to carry with them through the rest of the day. Gosh, I think one of the things I would want to say is like, you are good enough. So like whichever decision you choose to make, whether you want to work less or to do this or do that, like you're good enough and you don't need anything outside of yourself to validate that. So that's what I would say. Like, have belief in yourself and love yourself to the place you want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. It's been such a joy. It's been so nice to talk to, you know, another therapist about this particular stuff. It's so important that we normalize, you know, having real lives too. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you reached out to me. It's been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, is there any any um, service or like course offering that you want to let the audience know about, or you know where they can find you? Yeah. So, um, gosh, where do I start? So, private <laughs> privately, my website is just jacquelinhurst.com, and that's where I offer private um, sessions. Um, I have a school called thelifeclass.com and that uh, has two courses one is to train to be a life coach so under me on that um, I try take people through to become a coach um, and also it has a, a course called the foundation course which is um, a self-development course it's in six modules you get it all at once and you work through it to understand your mindset a little bit better um, I wrote a book last year that book is called how to do you which is available on Amazon and my Instagram is Jacqueline underscore Hurst underscore. And that's everything you need to know. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Jacqueline. And yeah, I'm 
I'm glad to share this with my audience. I think they'll find it very helpful. Great. Thank you for having me. And I hope everyone has a, a lovely day. And I really mean that. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope that whoever or wherever you are, you can start having more conversations in your circles of support about better ways to support ourselves and to support each other through burnout. If you like today's show, please make sure to head over to wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you left a rating and a review on there to help get the word out. Thanks so much, y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and I will see you again soon.